I'm Jack Hampton, and this is the Hampton Hoops Podcast. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing, my friend? Surviving and thriving. Broke me, dude. (laughs) Let the fun begin. Let's get it. On today's pod, we discuss the funeral service of Dylan Brooks and our Memphis Grizzlies. We also touch on the Celtics game four win led not by Jason Tatum, not by Jalen Brown, but by a 35-year-old Al Horford. Oh yeah, and the MVP of the league was announced, but did he deserve it? We discuss all of that and much more, so let's jump into it. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing, my friend? Uh, surviving and thriving. Man, that's hitting different today. I'd love to hear that. I got a confession to make. Bro, you called me after the game last night, and I didn't answer it. It was nothing personal. I didn't answer any calls. No, you didn't. Any text. I didn't go on TikTok and comment back to anyone. <laughs> In fact, I didn't even look at my phone. Remember, Sunday, I recorded a pod about my weekend. I was telling you, I turned my phone off during game three. I turned my phone off again this time. And like I said, this isn't just simply locking it or putting it on do not disturb. This is the full-on shutdown of the phone. I usually have Sports Center on in the background. It's just something I've always done since I was a kid. Scott Van Pelt, I love him. Love hearing him at night and just kind of getting a recap of the day. And it, it, it's just peaceful and a good wind down for me. My apartment last night was pitch black. No lights, no phone, no TV. And definitely no damn sports center. I did not want to relive that. I didn't want to relive it today. I didn't. I took melatonin and I went to sleep. I woke up this morning. I usually meet my friends to work out. 30 minutes late to that. I get there like, everything all right, Jack? You were a little late this morning. I'm like, oh, everything's good. I just wasted my entire night last night watching a shitty ass game. They just kind of nodded their head. And after my workout today... Hampton Hoops hit 10K on TikTok and had another video hit 2 million. Yes, sir. And that video was the Jordan Poole, John Morant injury video, ironically enough. Do I sound happy about any of that? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not happy about any of it. You know, side note, thank each and every one of you for all your support. I love you so much and y'all are the best. Thanks. But no, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it. And I know this is an audio podcast. This is not on video. But Cooper, I have a Suns jersey on right now. <laughs> I have a retro Suns Steve Nash jersey on right now. And you may be asking why. Because that's the only team that has any shot of beating Golden State in the West playoffs. And that's nothing that would bring me more joy than seeing them be beat in the playoffs. And it's it's not even because of the greatness of Golden State. No. It's not because of the greatness of Steph, Clay, and Dre, three-time world champions. Mm-mm. But it's because, <laughs> but it's because of the selfishness of Dylan Brooks. And the funny thing is, y'all really thought this shit started last night. Y'all really think that. Let's take a trip. Yeah. No. Let's not even go back to uh, three years of him taking the ball out of John Jaren's hands. Let's just go back to last series, Minnesota series. Dylan Brooks had the second highest usage rate on 
the entire Memphis Grizzlies team. He had the lowest efficiency on the team. Not a very good series for DB. Now let's 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 move into game one of this series. Game one of this series. It's relevant, right? You remember how mad Cooper and I were about like, hey, this was a winnable game. We only lost by one. If Ja would have made that layup, him and I still wouldn't have been happy because we should have won by more. Stephen Clay did not play well. That's irrelevant. We're still talking about Dylan Brooks. He shot 23% from the field, 25% from three in that game. And after that game, he said, you know what? If I played better, we won. This was only a one-point game. And guess mm-hmm. what? He was right. So here he comes. He's going to respond in game two, right? He misses three shots in the first three minutes, gets frustrated, and on a fast break, clubs Gary Payton in the head and gets thrown out of the game. Not to mention Gary Payton breaks mm-hmm. his elbow from it. Gets thrown out of the game for pretty much the entire game because that happened literally three minutes into the game. Let's move to game three. Oh, he's suspended for what he did in game two. Game four. Game four. Dylan comes back like he never left. You know, he he walks in with a Marilyn Manson shirt on, playing the villain Dylan. He's going to get booed the entire game, and he's going to respond to it, right? Jaws out. It's Dylan's turn. He shoots the ball 19 times. And out of those 19 shots, he makes five of them. One, a bullshit buzzer beater at the end of the game. On top of that, he has four turnovers. He damn near fouls out with five fouls. And he refuses to give Jaron the ball down the stretch, who had been playing well the entire game. In fact, Dylan Brooks plays so bad that the national media went off on him today. And the national media doesn't pay attention like Grizzlies fans. One of my favorite national writers, his name is Kevin O'Connor. He made his living writing for the Celtics. And he's not known for bashing people. In fact, he's defended hard in the past two years. He's defended that. Dylan Brooks played so badly last night, he came out and tweeted, Kevin O'Connor came out and tweeted, I'm baffled Taylor Jenkins played Dylan Brooks for 39 minutes. What's the point of having such a deep bench if you're leaving a shot chucker out there? There were other options. Brooks made so many terrible choices and shots that helped the Grizzlies lose a winnable game. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? A winnable game? Just like game one? Just like game four? Who knows? Maybe it was even a winnable game in game three if we would have had our main defender not suspended who guards Stephen Curry. Maybe game three could be a winnable game. We'll never know, though. We'll we'll never know. Kevin O'Connor, his tweet could not have been more true. There were highlights last night. There were people who played well last night. That's how it was winnable, right? Jaron Jackson had 21 points, five rebounds, and five blocks. Steven Adams returned to the starting lineup. And it was a plus 13 when he was on the court with 10 points and 15 rebounds. Facts. He was he was so good last night. So good. You're exactly right, bro. He was he was so good. And you and I were texting the entire time about how good Steven Adams was. And another guy Cooper and I were texting about was Kyle Anderson. Nope. His attack mentality. He he played fantastic. He had 17 points and eight rebounds and two assists. Dylan Brooks, as bad as he played offensively, he held Steph Curry to 10 of 25 shooting. 
Clay yeah, Thompson and was most of that was in the fourth. You're exactly right. Most of that was in the fourth because Steph went off in the fourth. Clay Thompson was horrendous, like he's been most of the series. He was six of twenty from the field. Jordan Poole didn't have some type of pool party game. He only had fourteen points. Tyus Jones, poor Tyus Jones, played forty one minutes and was blitzed basically on every pick and roll at the end of the game. Why was he blitzed and doubled on every pick and roll? So he could swing it to Dylan Brooks to get out of that double team. Mm-hmm. Have I have I told you Dylan Brooks' stat for the game yet? 12 points, 5 of 19, 2 of 9 from 3. Dylan wasn't the only one that played bad. Bain played bad, but he's hurt. I mean, he's hobbling around. It's hard to watch this him right now. Yeah. Desmond Bain has an excuse. <laughs> Dylan Brooks does not. He still shots, ha- shoots half the shots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and... Back to Jaron for a minute. He played fantastic. I loved him in the post. He was taking turns on people on his post touches. Draymond couldn't hold him. Otto Porter couldn't hold him. Jordan Poole definitely couldn't hold him. He was killing it down there on the block. 50% down there. Exactly. And I absolutely love that. But... I forget, we have a veteran on our team who's the longest tenure Grizzly who shoots way too many ill-advised-ass threes. So what does our young Jaron Jackson do? He shoots seven threes and goes 0 for 7 from the three-point line, falling right in Dylan Brooks' footsteps. Cooper, you and I texted so many times the word attack. We need to attack. We are killing them inside. Attack, attack, attack. The Warriors were 0 of 15 from three at one point in the game, and we're only up by six, which was okay. I was happy to be up by six. We were up by 12 in the fourth quarter. 12 was our largest lead, and we had it in the fourth quarter. Then Otto Porter (laughs) turns into the second coming of Larry Bird. Then Jaron Jackson has one post-touch in the final three minutes. And that one post-touch, it's not even a post-touch. He caught it at the three-point line with Draymond Green on his hip back to the basket. And Jaron still found a great look at the basket. And then we get a bullshit foul on Desmond Bain, not even touching Stephen Curry. And to be honest, Cooper, I say all of this Mm -hmm. because I'm tired. I'm ready for us to lose game five Wednesday night so I can enjoy the playoffs. Every other series is 2-2. Every other series is 2-2. Every other series is great, and it's it's not toxic like this one. I'm just done talking about this series, and if we spend less than five seconds on this series next week, I will have no complaints because guess what? This series won't be going on next week. It won't be going on past Wednesday night. So that's all I have to say about this series. Um, We will talk more in depth about this game, and I'm going to let Cooper unload his clip. But for my monologue at the beginning of the podcast, I'm I'm done. I'm done talking about this series. There is way, way better games to talk about and better basketball to talk about, especially on a hoops podcast. This is – I'm done with this. Cooper, um, what are what are you thinking right now? What's going through your head? All I'm thinking about is Minnesota Timberwolves. That's the only thing I can think of. 
Um, Jack, you and I bragged on our team for their resilience and their uh, ability to win the ugly game. And uh, we literally said we didn't deserve to win, but one of the games we played against the Timberwolves, and that was game two where we blew them out. Well, this series looks a lot like that series, but we're the Timberwolves. Um, youth is being shown, and it's coming from an un... Like, I mean, I was not expecting it to come from who it came from, but um, there's just there's a lot to unpack here. But I, I just literally came across a stat. I was, I didn't mean, I opened my phone to go to our text and read how many times we typed a tag, but I was on uh, Instagram, and so I clicked on the one of the videos the, of the guy that follow. That's a great, his, his name is Grizzlies Legends. And uh, he just posted a thing that says overextended question mark. And it says, Dylan Brooks has often been Memphis' primary outside creator, despite never being efficient. <laughs> is he to blame or does he just have too much on his plate? So then it goes through three options and it says Brooks is a low option. So in the seasons 2017 and 2018, if and the three main players we're talking about for both of these season stretches is Conley, uh, Marcus All, and Tyreek Hill. And then the other three are Ja, Jaron, and Jonas. Okay. So just so when I say two out of or three out of, that's who you know. So in the 2017 and 2018 season, as a low option, when he's playing with two of the three of Mike Conley, Marcus All, or Tyreek Hill, there was 1,000, uh, 1, there's a word, 1,525 possessions. He was, uh, his efficiency field goal percentage was 57.3, and his usage assisted uh, percentage was 29.3. Pretty, pretty decent, right? All right, in 2019 to 2022, when there's he, when he's playing with three of these players, so all three of Ja, Jaron, and Jonas, almost six, literally one away from uh, 1,600 possessions. 54.1% efficiency field goal percentage, 41.4% uses assistant rate percentage. Brooks is a mid option. So now we're down to uh, one of Mike Conley, Mark Saul, or Tyreek Hill. 2005 possessions, so about 500 more. He's 49%, 34%. With two of Ja, Jaron, or Jonas. 5,080 possessions. 47%, I'll round up for him, 48%, and 35.5% on the assistant. And then Brooks is a high option. So when he's playing with none of Mike, Mark, and Tyreek Hill, there's 945 possessions. He has 42.8%, and he's a 52.4% usage. That is a whole 15% drop-off. And a plus 13. No, 23. My bad. Math struggle. And only 600 possessions left. And then go to zero of Ja, Jaren, or Jonas. Mm -hmm. That is 30, uh, 1,300 possessions. 44% and 49% usage. So his usage only goes up 8%, but he drops a total of 10% effective field goal percentage. So I say all that to say. That's a lot of numbers. And mm -hmm. honestly, I probably butchered it because it, that's just a lot of, like, those are weirder stats. And so basically when his usage rate goes up, his percentage goes down. I'll just say it like that. Uh, whether his, in his first season when he was with the Grizzlies, uh, which was 
uh, people probably don't even remember it now. It's back in the day when we had Tyreek Hill. No, I'm playing. Uh, I mean, it, it's been a little bit since he, like, he's, he, you said it, he's the longest tenure Grizzly. Uh, he is the old guy in the room because he was there before Taylor Jenkins. He was there before the new front office. Um, he was the last draft pick of the old front office. And they, and I will say this, they did a great job. You got him in the second round, that which is incredible, incredible value. So I'm going to defend him for five seconds, and then I'm going to beat him in, with, in a pulp for the last little bit. Um, his defense is unmatched. When we have him, we defensively as a team just are so much better. We switch, we talk, we communicate, we look really, really crisp on the defensive side. Golden State shot 40% from the field, which, again, most of that came in the fourth quarter because they just couldn't miss. And then 24 from three. This is a team that shoots threes. I mean, this is what they do. This is their identity. And they shot 24%. And that, I will admit, is a huge reason of Dylan Brooks. Um, and Jaron played incredible. I, oh, Jaron played so good defensively. Uh, I will harp on Jaron in a minute, too, though. But we're talking about Dylan right now. There were times in this game, and I'm, I'm also going to say he's 4 of 18 and 1 of 8 because that final shot, I'm not counting that. That's bullcrap, and you just threw it up in hope and prayer, and it actually went in for you. Um, so I'm not counting that. We're, we're sticking with 1 of 8 and 4 of 18 because that's basically what you were. Jack, I could go out in an NBA game, play defense, and go 4 of 18 from the field. I could do it. I'm telling you right now, we don't need Dylan Brooks to take $15 million cap and do that. That's not what you need. You are, and I mentioned it, I think it was the first thing I said when we started playoffs. It was, we were talking about Jaron and his foul trouble. And I said, Jack, when you get into the playoffs, your flaws are heightened because people are going to exploit them. And so, like, you noticed, and you even mentioned going into the series, you were like, I'm worried about Dylan's foul trouble. I'm worried about it. Because you saw what happened with Jaron. And they're going to, he's going to be the primary ball defender on the greatest shooter of all time. He's probably going to foul a few times. And I'll give Dylan credit. He's been able to play 39 minutes. Like, I mean, he's been able to consistently play high 30s. Oh, my bad. He's only played two games. That's, that's tough. That's not much to go on. Um... But like, when you're one of like Jack, you know, we play, we both play basketball. You've played a little bit more like actual like in-game things than I have, like competitive in-games than I have. But like, we both play basketball. If you don't have it on the shooting front, you stop throwing it up there. I people posted the Dion Waiters quote where he says, "Man, 0 for 0 for 30 feels a lot better than 0 for 9." Because it means I didn't lose my confidence and I still kept shooting. I'm like, no. That's why Deion Waiters is not in the league anymore. There's a reason he's not in the league exactly. anymore. Because he was hated everywhere he went for doing crap like that. And, and That's I'm, NBA I'm champion Deion Waiters gonna... you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I yes. know you are. But like, I saw it today my, and I was like, first, why are people yeah. justifying his by saying this is Dylan right now? I'm like, no, don't justify that. <laughs> my head right when you said that went to exactly what you said that's why his ass is out of the league yes. right now like 
don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I kind of like Dion. Like, I I enjoyed him every now and then because like I I think the only few games that I actually watched of Dion was when he was actually like on one, and so he looked really smooth. But like, dude, I think he played. Now I'm really curious. How many seasons did he actually play? He played. I just remember kind of the heat put like kicked him to the curb, and that was like the end of that because he would like. He, he played. He played too many edibles on a plane or something. Yeah, he he basically played like seven. I think it's eight, but we're gonna stay with seven because he didn't play very much in that eighth season. So we'll stay with seven. And he was the number two overall pick for those. Or my bad, four four. Jumped it. I gave him too much, but he he's the number four pick. So anywho, off of that the the Waiters tangent. You know, if you're having a bad shooting night, you can tell off the first shot. Usually, usually. Not everybody can, but usually you can tell within the first three or four shots, oh, this ain't going to be my night. Mm-hmm. Jack, I mentioned he was four of 18 and one of eight from three. So he's three of 10 from inside the paint. Um, and for those of you who didn't watch the game, all three of those were layups when he actually attacked the freaking basket and made a good shot and played within the offense. So... That's kind of my piece on Dylan. You played, you were incredible and integral for our defense in this game. But in the end, your unwillingness to wait patiently and let the offense work is what helped cost us this game. Now I'm going to jump into the next person, Jaren. I'm going to jump to Jaren. I loved Jaren in this game. I loved him. He played great. But I am going to come at him for a second here. 0 for 7 from 3 is unacceptable. Unacceptable. You too should also know when you don't have that shot working. Especially when you're 7 of 14 from inside the arc. You just mentioned what we said. I think we mentioned attack 10 different times throughout the course of this game. Because there would be moments in this game where the Grizzlies would be on attack. They would be going for throats, and we would go up 8 to 12, because that's where we stayed in that range when we finally got like a pretty comfortable lead, which obviously it wasn't comfortable enough. But anyhow, we kept saying, keep this energy, keep attacking. And then all of a sudden it was like, all right, we've, we've got a good lead, so let's let's just try to get out of the shooting something we're all in. Three. Three, 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 brick, 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 brick. And then we'd be like, uh, okay, I guess we just wanted to change the whole game plan five seconds after uh, the other one was working really well. Great. And then we attack again, get back up by like eight or 12. Brick, 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 three, three, three. I'm like, what is happening? It was like, literally, we looked like the most bipolar team I've ever seen in my life in this game. Because... Jack, if I told you one team shot 9 of 35 from 3 and one team shot 9 of 37 from 3, you'd probably be like, Cooper, you just named two different games of Warriors three-point shots. No, Jack, we were 9 of 35 from 3. We shot two less field goals from 3 than the Golden State Warriors. Jack, has has the Memphis Grizzlies been a three-point shooting team at all this season? No. No, no, we haven't. Then why in the hell 
are we trying to go toe for toe with the greatest three point shooters of all time in a series? Because we oh, have is, a great is that leader. our game now? All of a sudden, you say no, no, it's not. Clearly, it's not. I don't think we've shot over 20 30 percent in a game yet this series. And if we did, we still lost because the only game we won uh, is because Ja literally had to go nuclear on them and play Michael Jordan type basketball and win us a game. Don't even get me started on Jordan Poole and Ja. Don't even. Oh, you know I get them started on Jordan Poole and Ja and what happened with that knee pull and how Ja got injured. But we got to make some money. Like, let's get into Trey's best bets. This dude is on absolute fuego right now. So let's jump into Trey's best bets. What up? What up, Trey? How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm looking forward to looking at these Wednesday lines. And I know you have uh, quite a bit to get off your chest when it comes to the Warriors-Grizzlies game four. So I'm going to let you do that. I'm going to let you start with whatever you want to say, Trey. Go ahead. Unload well, the clip. <laughs> first off, shout out to uh, Ben Simmons for uh, being scared to shoot the ball. Because when it comes to Dylan Brooks... I mean, he's not scared to shoot the ball. He unloads the clip on stupid fadeaway jump shot 26 feet away from the basket and cost us the game. And he's literally three for 21. Three for 21, Jack. This whole playoffs from three-point line. I believe I started seven for 49. This whole playoffs from the field. My God. At what point, at what point, do you have to learn? I'm good at defense and I suck dick at shooting. Maybe I should <laughs> stop shooting the ball. <laughs> like, uh, I, it, so yeah, that was that was pleasant. Lost lost me a nice little bag, you know. It's plus four hundred on the money line for Grizzlies. I put ten on that. Would have been a nice fifty dollar game. And uh, shout out Dylan Brooks. That's all I gotta say. Shout out shout out Dylan Brooks to that one. So. Just just to rehash that, you said three of twenty one, correct? For the whole for the whole playoffs, yeah, from, from three point line. That's fourteen point two percent from the three point line. I also heard something. You want to know what his per is in this playoffs? I, I'm not even gonna guess when it comes to him. No, three, I can guess. In the, I'm about to say I can guess in the negatives. <laughs> that would probably still be too high. Three point <laughs> five two. That is unthinkable and you're a starter it's not like it's it's not like it's Santi Aldama coming in and when we're getting blown out you know it's you're a star 3.5 to I'm I yeah yeah no. I hope I hope there's some trades I hope there's some uh, offseason movement going on well I mean you you called this weeks ago I, <laughs> you asked for a trade weeks ago. I wasn't real willing to go there. And you texted me last night, hey, Jack, or uh, you you finally on the trade? And I said, no, I'm on the, I'm on the cut, Dylan, movement now. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one sent me, buddy. That one sent me. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's getting to a point where it's just ridiculous. Man, I've never, ever seen a player just, just take the most ill-advised shots, especially when you're having an off night, like, it's like he's playing like 2K, bro. It's like just keep shooting and you'll come out of the slump. Like, this isn't 2K, bro. You're in the mm -hmm. playoffs in real life. Stop shooting the ball and pass. Mm -hmm. Like, ridiculous. But it is what it is, man. Hopefully, like I said, you know, I've just been I've just been thinking this whole time. I was like, you know, what if we move 
Bane, just had Bane hit the weight room a lot this offseason. Moved him to the small forward. Mm-hmm. And then we can trade for a Bradley Beal, uh, Zach Levine, uh, Donovan Mitchell if they decide to go with Rudy Gobert. Something like that. So, because at this point, it's just, I'm, I'm done with Brooks. I'm done. Would you, you sent me an interesting question today in which I didn't respond to. I was going to save it for this, but you text me, if you could, would you play Bane at the three and trade for Beal? And I kind of turned that into my head just for, just for the sake of debate. We would probably have to, if we were to trade to Beal, we would definitely have to give up Bane. In my opinion, I think we would, because I mean, no matter, we don't have really anything else, any other assets besides John Jaron, really. Well, we have those two first round draft picks this year too. So if we did Brooks and a first rounder, that's a great starting offer. Mm-hmm. And you can work around from there. You know, we could go first round this year and a second round two years later or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Throw in uh Santi Aldama or Killian Tilly, something like that. So I just think around the league with Brooks playoffs and him getting suspended for a game on national TV and all the talk around him, how bad he's been. I think his value is plummeted. And I mean, this is a guy that still makes up towards $20 million a year. I just, I just don't know if there'll be a bunch of people lining up at the door for him coming off an injury. I mean, honestly, well, think about this. How many, how many people were lining up at the door for him before he shot 33% from the three point line? all off season. I mean, all season and shot like 40 something from the field. So those aren't great numbers either. I don't know, but that's valid, but it's even worse now. I just, yeah. I just don't. Oh, yeah. just... <laughs> what did you say? 15%? That's yeah. God. There was like, more people like at the like door last year than there were this year, even if it was oh, absolutely. It's more than there are now. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I heard the Suns have been interested. I was like, yeah, probably not anymore. Give us Jay Crowder back. I don't give a... (laughs) (laughs) No shit. That'd be dope. Yeah, exactly. But... But yeah, man, we can we can get on these lines. I just had to... Had to get that rant off my chest because like I said, if Dylan Brooks shoots... If he goes three for 19 again tomorrow night, I'm definitely going to have to go to Best Buy and buy myself a new TV the next day (laughs) because I am... I'm throwing hands through it, bro. I'm sick of it. I don't so. believe you, bro. I do not believe. <laughs> <laughs> like it's ah, oh, he just frustrates me so bad, man. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm looking at these lines for tomorrow. First off, man, how about these series? These have been some of the best series. All two two. I mean, of course, besides the crazy shout out Dylan Brooks again. Mm-hmm. But uh, these these series have all been crazy. I mean. Dallas is Dallas is finally having its players, its role players step up back at home. Dorian Finney-Smith went off the LBA. And then the resurrection of James Harden. I'm excited to, excited to watch him choke again tonight, though. So. <laughs> I've been... Oh, all right. So this is one, too. One, one quick player prop bet that I've been slamming and making great money on. I've been hammering the James Harden under. I've hit, like, 13 out of my last 15. So... I made like literally a couple hundred bucks off of that one, just off one bet under, under mm. James Harden. It's usually like 23. Now it's like 20 and a half because they're starting to catch on. But yeah, no, James Harden's, James Harden's a bum. 
he is at small game james <laughs> forever man small game james that is that is the truth man that is mm. the truth mm. so um i'm looking at this man with this bucks and celtics game it's been such a good series um right now the line sits at minus five and a half for boston money line is minus 230. um i like the minus five and a half for boston going back to boston i feel like um i feel like that crowd's gonna be lit up that crowd's gonna be crowd's gonna be ready to uh, energize the team and then jason tatum he was abysmal game three came back game four he had a great game dropped 30. al horford turning back the clock i mean i don't think al horford's gonna do that again but like i just said role players play better at home i like that minus five and a half the minus 108 so that's a good bet i like that one and then golden state this one moved crazy. So this morning it was at two and a half, minus two and a half. Now it's minus four. So apparently the public loves Golden State on that one. I'm taking Grizzlies plus four. Um, mm. The way they looked in Oakland, my only concern with that one would be that they're crushed because of that loss. Mm. Uh, that, was, that was a heartbreaking loss even for a fan to watch. So. But, um, you know, I like it. Back at home, plus four. I think someone's going to get in Dylan Brooks here and tell him to pass the, pass the damn ball. I mean, gee, like, if that happens again, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm taking Grizzlies plus four, man, because, you know, got to ride with my dogs first off and second. I don't think, I don't think he's going to shoot 19 shots again if he's making three. So... Um, hopefully, Coach Jenkins will sit his ass down in the last couple of minutes if that's the case. But um, yeah, I really and hope then so. Trip, bro, like they can't handle Trip. Even on Draymond's pro- podcast today, I don't know. Did you listen to the episode today? No. What did he say? He was sitting there and he was like, "Man, Jaron Jackson was having a hell of a series. Like, I tried to stop him, I couldn't. Clay tried to stop him, he couldn't. He was dancing on Jordan the whole time. He was going right over." Kayvon Looney, he was going right over Otto Porter. He was like, this guy's just, he's undefensible. So why the hell is Dylan Brooks past shooting the ball or pass the ball to to Jaron Jackson? So hopefully, hopefully they watch the film, see that obviously he was indefensible and just abuse that. So I like the plus four on that Grizzlies one, man. I hope you're right. I just, I, I'm worried, especially with the jaw news coming that he's probably not going to play. I just... I mean, I, we I, knew he wasn't gonna play yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that's. I mean, I feel like because you know he got. When did he get the MRI? He got the MRI like Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sunday. So they knew Sunday. I'm sure the players knew because, like, even you know, Jared in his press conference, he was like, "Yeah, it's very unfortunate, but we're gonna rally around them." Mm-hmm. Like all that good stuff. So I'm sure the players knew, man. It's just like. And you know they played a great game. It's just down the stretch that was just the worst decision making I think I've ever seen and probably ever will see. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I, I completely agree. You seeing um, anything else on Wednesday? On Wednesday, um, well, I've been doing these these first basket ones, mm-hmm. and uh, first field goal is fifty fifty in this series, but. The tip win is 80% to Milwaukee. I mean, they're bigger. They're just, they're, they literally have trees in the inside and a post. So, mm-hmm. um, 
I've been going Giannis first basket every time on this Milwaukee series. I think it's cashed like tw- once or twice, something like that. So yeah, I love that, um, dude. I hit that every game. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice. And like you know, I just sprinkle a little. I put like five bucks on it, and like the payout's like forty five. So that's always that's always a nice little cash. And then uh, and these Golden State ones, Memphis has won the tip a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've scored 80% of the first field goals. So, um, first field goals, well, that's kind of depressing, was John Arant. But uh, then it's Jaron Jackson and then Steven Adams and Zayar Williams. So, love to love to see that from the Rook, man. That's that's great to see. But um, that one, man, I'd probably go with Trip. Like I was just saying, man, he's, he's been indefensible, so... If we win the tip, like we have every single game this series, man, hopefully I'll have another cash. So. Yeah, and that's another really good one because usually uh, Taylor tries to run a play just to get him in rhythm and the flow of the game to keep him active defensively. Defensively, he just tries to get him going that first, you know, play or two. So I could definitely see that cashing out for sure. Exactly. My only concern would be Taylor Jenkins pull some dumbass move and says, "Oh, let's get." Dylan feeling good puts him on a wing three and he goes and airballs another <laughs> one. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's like Jack, you remember Kyler's shooting for him? Shout out Kyler. I love yeah, you, buddy. Shout out, shout out Kyler. But you remember Kyler's shooting for him. Dylan Brooks is uglier. And Kyler is way fucking way wetter, bro. Like Kyler Kyler sprays. Dylan Brooks bricks. Like I don't oh. I would have rather had Kyler running out there down the stretch last night. I was, I, that's what I'm saying, man. How I would have put my dog out there. Like, <laughs> I, at least my dog can't shoot. Like, right. Jesus. That, is, oh. <laughs> that, was, that was absurd, man. That was probably, like I said, one of the most abysmal things I've ever seen. I can't believe it happened in the playoffs too, man. Like mm-hmm. center stage, man. Center stage. Yeah. It's it's it so. was embarrassing for sure. Trey, I can't thank you enough for coming on here again and you know helping everybody make a little bit of money as Absolutely, always. Man. Well hey I appreciate appreciate the listeners. Appreciate you having me on, you and Coop man and uh Dude, I'm just happy these these tickets have been cashing so far. We still got our two futures alive in Golden State and uh, Boston. So riding those ones heavy. I like this so far. I feel like winner of Boston, Milwaukee is going to win the East. So mm-hmm. hopefully we got the nice cash because they're favorites now. They were third in the East. They're favorites now. So mm-hmm. hopefully you got on early, boys. Hopefully you got on early. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep that high streak going, my boy, for sure. Let's get it. All right, bro. Have a great rest of your day. All right, you too, buddy. I will definitely catch you later. Sounds good. Great, great conversation with Trey Day. As always, he's hot right now. But let's get back to me and Cooper's opinion on this whole John Morant, Jordan Poole injury situation. You and I haven't had a chance to talk about this. I'm going to get your opinion on it. It was the greatest knee pull for a wrestling move I've ever seen in my life. And, that, and those are the words of Ambrose Chisholm. It was the greatest knee pull I've ever seen in my life. And the fact that they can even justify that by saying he was going for the ball. If you watch that play, he hits the ball first. I'll give him that. And then he goes back for it again. Doesn't even extend his arm 
he just grabs a handful of knee and pulls i was like they're really justifying this and i and of course taylor jenkins being i, I love him i love him to death but god the man does not have an aggressive bone in his body because he just sits there and he goes yeah i'm interested to see what the nba will do about this one no fam you you make sure the nba does something about this one you just lost your best player i want you to pull a steve kerr and say yeah we're not gonna have job for the rest of the series because jordan pull out there trying to grab knees and pull them I get fined i don't care you have plenty of money to waste on getting fined get fined protect your team because that is bull crap jordan Poole should have had the same he should have been sitting in street clothes with john he should not have been playing this game granted jordan Poole's butt cheeks in this game so i don't care but that was it the fact that the nba did not suspend him further proves how much they want the warriors to be in the championship again mm -hmm. I literally went when I because like I turned the game off. I was like you. I, I was honestly watching Mississippi State and Florida play baseball because um, it was it was just the other thing on TV, and I was like, you know what? I just can't watch this anymore. Um, I was like, because you, I mean, I was texting you before you turned your phone off, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna sit here and still torture myself. So by the way, the difference in how me and Jack Moore is, uh, he he turns it off and shuts it out completely, so he doesn't have to deal with it. Uh, I I just relishing it and i sit there and torture myself so like last night when i got home so i wanted to rant about and i I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch a little bit about what i ranted about to you last night in the middle of the game uh but i literally just wanted to rant about how bad this game was because like i'm i'm usually just to give you all a glimpse i'm usually one of the people that uh in the middle of games i'm uh cussing profoundly at the tv screen and i am like I'm, I'd be like that fan on the side that is just screaming the entire game. Uh, I have no chill when it comes to watching basketball. Um, and, and last night was quite different. Um, granted, I did have my first day of work, and so I was kind of wiped out. But, like, I literally just kind of laid there with my hand on my head. And I was just kind of mute for a good little bit of the game. Except for one part. One part I did get kind of, kind of, uh, kind of upset about. But I'll, I'll jump into that when I get to this specific person. But yeah, last night I, I relished it and I went home and watched post-game interviews because uh, I wanted to hear how they justified this game. Um, and let me tell you, it was very amusing to hear how they justified this game. Oh, we live and die by Dylan. No, you don't. Shut up. You were just trying to protect a dude who had a horrible shooting night and y'all didn't have the balls to tell him to stop shooting and pass the ball. That's what bothered me more than anything is... Nobody, I get he's the longest tenured Grizzly. He's been there longer than our coach, been there longer than any other player. But accountability is what really showed last night. The youth step up, say in the huddle, Dylan, stop shooting, bro. Like they were purposely not passing to him. It yep. was, you could see it. And then I knew, I was like, bro, if he touches the ball, he's going to shoot it because he's pissed. Nobody's passing it to him. You need to take him aside. If you're going to play him down the stretch, which, no, you know, no, it could have been uh, D'Anthony Melton case could easily be made. But if you're going to ride with Dylan, because he's done a great job on stuff, I cannot take that away from him. If you're going to play him down the stretch, you need to grab his ass by the jersey and say, no, you do not need to be shooting right now. And also on the Jordan Poole front, you're going to castrate <laughs> me and I'm going to let you run with this. I actually think it was on accident. Do you? I'm just saying right now, I could go mimic that in a game so easily. 
I didn't at first, bro, because you you have a receipt of me saying it was well deserved that when he got called out, and then I, I've watched it like two hundred times, and in slow motion, it looks absolutely catastrophic. Yeah, like some like you know jujitsu grab the knee punk like and then now every time i watch it in fast motion i'm like dude as like as if you're reaching for like i get it he it looks so suspect in slow motion but to me i don't i i just don't think it was on purpose but no you know it's it's we'll we'll never know it doesn't matter what i think it doesn't matter what you think it doesn't matter at all they're just opinion but exactly but i don't don't know it's just don't just don't befriend me no no no, no. i'm honestly fine with it i mean at the end of the day this is not a shot at jaw for those of you listening but our defense is so much better when we we don't have him the only problem is our offense suffers so heavily because my dad even today he was like we can play with the best of them i mean we went 20 and 5 without jaw this year so clearly we can win. And shout out Shaq for validating that stat. He was like, that is not an empty stat. They beat 20 damn NBA teams. They're not bad without, like, he's like, that. that's not an empty stat just because of who they played. He said, you still have to go on a court and beat someone for 48 minutes. And he said they did it without him. He's like, they did it without their superstar. So shout out Shaq for justifying that stat. And that is an incredible stat. Don't get me wrong. The only thing you lose massively when you do not have him is someone to just say, go get a bucket. Go get us this two points. Go get us this free throws. Go get us a game-winning basket. We don't have that without him. Jaron can do it. Jared is capable. Jaron is capable. We saw it in Clippers game early in the season. He banged that three to win the game. Banged it. Uh... We've seen we've seen Tyus make big shots. I mean, we've seen lots of Dylan even, Desmond even. But they are not the type of people that you're like, hey, go get this basket. This play is ran where you just put your head down and you go get a basket. Jaron was doing it, but then they didn't want to give him the ball. And Draymond started playing really well by just forcing him to catch the ball at the three-point line. And it kind of got Jaron out of whack because Jaron likes to dribble once, dribble twice, go up, spin one way, go up. Um, and so when he's having to back him all the way down in the post, that allows two or three people to come with him. And so he has to go whichever way they're not. And it just turns into a bad shot. Um, and that's not a knock on Jaron. You're going against one of the best defensive players in the league. It's not a knock on you. Um, but it is what it is. But uh, back to what I was saying about Jaron, like it's just – you had, like, defensively, you were everywhere. Five blocks doesn't even, like, we had 11 blocks as a team, and that all flows because, like, Jaron is so good at what he does. And we just need to see more of it. Like, we need to see more of him roaming and using his athleticism. You are a unicorn, show it. And I was happy that he showed it. Granted, the three was not falling, and I wish he did not take seven. Three of the seven came in the final like minute so i guess we'll just like i mean we can kind of brush that one off because you're just trying you're you you see you're down three with 14 seconds and you're like dude we have to make a three or this is over um 
and I also understand like when people are like, just go for the layup, they're going to give it to you. Yeah, but you're also fouling Steph Curry, who is the greatest free throw shooter of all time. So I don't know where you think he's going to miss and make it not a three-point game. So I applaud Jaron for trying to get it, but I would have rather a guy like Desmond Bain, hell, even Zaire, been the one to take that shot. Um, and it is what it is. Um, and I'm not going to hit on this person too much, but I, did, I do just want to say shout-out Steve Adams. He, he is – one of the only players on our team who has significant playoff minutes and it sh- and it showed like significantly he he was a plus minus 13 and i know some people don't care about plus minuses but like plus 13 in a game that you lose is pretty dang good um mm-hmm. he was incredible um i was so proud of him he did not look like a liability on defense whatsoever and i don't know if people remember back in his okc days uh, when the OKC Thunder were playing the Warriors in series where they were really competitive, really fun series, he neutralized Draymond Green. And I'm not going to lie, he did it last night. Yes, Draymond had 10 and 11, or 11 rebounds, but he only had five assists. And he had five fouls. Granted, the fouls kind of came when Jaron did it, but like he, he did a great job making life kind of hard for them. Um, I will say though, we still got out rebounded, which still irks me. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk bad about two more people, and then I'm I'm done with this with the series. It's gonna be a gentleman sweep. Get your brooms ready. Um, I'll be ready to talk draft soon. Um, and I'm praying to God the lottery falls our way to where that Lakers pick still manages to get like ten or eleven to where I can just have a top uh, ten or eleven pick. Really, really, this is already the mindset I'm in. And I love my team, Jack, and you love your team. But at the end of the day, we saw what we we, we need to see. We are not ready. You, We can't go into someone else's home and beat them and beat the refs. It's just, we just can't do it yet. We're not there yet. We are close. We exceeded expectations astronomically. We were projected to be the 12th seed in the West, and we are the two seed in the conference semifinals. I'm okay with it. I am okay. I'm proud of this team. There was a lot of growth this year, and we can come back next year with a few more pieces and be better. I know we can. Um, and I don't know if people know this, but John Moran is out for the remainder of the series. He has a bone contusion, so basically a bone bruise on his knee, um, and he, will, he won't be playing. And, and the Grizzlies won't force him to play game five because at the end of the day, they're not going to make it something long-term injury because we need him. Like, I mean – He's signing a Supermax in the offseason. We're not going to jeopardize his career over trying to come back from a 3-1 lane. I just don't see it. Um, so, And I'm okay with that decision. I am. Um, they would make it with any one of these players. And, and I'm okay with that. Um, but the next person I want to talk about is because he's been absolutely dog shit this year. <laughs> Brandon Clark... All of a sudden, decided he was going to turn back into Brandon Clark of last season. I don't know what in the hell happened to him between flying back from Minnesota and starting the series, but he like traded places with somebody, and I don't know, I don't even know who the hell he did. But it's like honestly, give Jared Culver those (laughs) eleven minutes. Like, I don't know what in the hell has happened, but he is just ass cheeks. And he is a liability. And honestly, I'm okay with not playing him at all the next game. 
and I love BC. And you and I literally said we didn't win. We don't win the first series without BC. But I don't know who the hell that guy going out there is anymore. I don't know who that is. He is horrible. He has a liability defensively. He's not really helping you defensively. Get him out. Get like no. I'm done. I don't care. If, I don't care if the series is over. That's uh, it's horrible to watch. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Sorry to interrupt, but <laughs> look what this series has turned us into, man. <laughs> look what this series has turned us into. Man. A bunch of we're so toxic. It's just so depressing and funny at the same time. I'm like, man. dude, I can't even. And and I, and you even hit on it. Desmond is hurt, and that poor dude has a heater on his back every time he's like not in the game. And I'm like, this dude is 22 years old and having back problems, and y'all are still having to play. I'm like, dude, just just let him rest. Play D, Anthony. He literally he literally looks like an 82 year old like walking to a park bench at like a fucking literally. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like at an old folks home. I'm like, God, dude, just. Bro, you can sit out. It's okay. We're not. We're gonna find a way to blow it anyways. Yeah. With or without you. Yeah. Even though you're playing much smarter than the guy that's been in the league for six years, and you're just shooting eight times instead of nineteen, but it is what it yeah. is. But the last person I'm gonna talk about, and you and I talked about this last night, is the head head man Taylor Jenkins. We we were even talking about how good of a game he was coaching. He was out coaching the man that was just named Sacramento Kings head coach. He got, he had a tale of two halves, in my opinion. Yes, the team should hold Dylan Brooks accountable, but you're the reason that he has the leash he has. If you if you don't pull him aside and say, Dylan, look, dude, I can't take you out of this game because you're literally our key defender. Hold on, I'm about to sneeze. <laughs> if you keep shooting, you're going to shoot us out of this game. And Dylan wholeheartedly kept them in this game wholeheartedly kept them in this game god bless you thank you thank you uh but you have to be the one that look pull him out of the game honestly i don't even remember what three how many what three it was that i'm about to refer to because he had so many dude, stupid threes but the one where he all of a sudden 22 seconds in the shot or uh two seconds in the shot clock so the shot clock's at 22 seconds and he just stepped back kobe and the ball, I don't even think it hit the rim. I think it just rammed off the backboard. I would pull him out of that game so fast and be like, if you shoot like that one more time, you will be sitting on the end of this bench for the remainder of this game, and I will play Jared Culver over. It has to start with the head coach. You have to look at Dylan and say, look, Dylan, I can't afford to not have you on this court. Stop shooting us out of ball games." That's my first thing. The second thing... I don't understand, and honestly, I'm, I'm going to actually defend him before I before I attack him. Honestly, I might just defend him, because I've been thinking about it since I, I kind of went on my rant yesterday, because obviously I was in the heat of the moment, and like I said, I mourn differently than Jack, but um, I the NBA has to change a rule. Um, I think it they have to change a rule with the challenges. I think if, if you're wanting to do it in a productive way, I think you have to make the challenges where if you are successful, you get to keep it until two minutes in the fourth quarter. That's my opinion. Because too many times, and not even just with Taylor, too many times we see games where coaches don't do it at a specific time in a game because they're like, but what if I need it down the stretch? It might be more important to me in the fourth than it is in the third. 
and that's why I think if you are successful with your challenge, I think you are. I think you should be able to challenge again. And that might and that might not be what they do, but they definitely need to make it to a way where coaches aren't afraid to challenge in the first, second, third quarter, and they don't save it till the fourth. Because I definitely think Taylor is so worried to waste it early in the game as opposed to saving it for later, just in case. But my issue with that is you don't get to go home with it. Like, it's not a carryover sort of a thing. It's not like uh, it's not like vacation time. You don't get to just, like, roll that over and keep it for later and later and later. It's, it's gone. And I, I definitely think the NBA has to look at that because that is – if you're trying to use that and make it a key piece, you either, A, need to be like uh, the NCAA football is with uh, targeting where they can call down and stop play – before the refs on the field do and say, hey, y'all need to look at that for targeting to where it's like a they call a challenge sort of a thing or you need to make it to where if they are successful, they get to keep it because I think there was a key point where the Warriors gained a little bit of confidence and momentum in this game and I don't remember how much we were up by or the I know it was later in the third, but Kyle takes a charge. I'm I'm sorry. It was the most blatant charge I've ever seen in my life. When the fact that the entire team is ran down to the other end of the court, and your coach is clapping and everything, and then all of a sudden they're all being told to go back because it was a blocking foul, and then they're all like, "What? How? Uh, Helen Keller saw that charge? Like, but your coach is just standing there with his hands up, and has the capability to say it. Uh, that's not an and one bucket. That's our ball. Then that's a foul on Wiggins." And he doesn't do it. And I, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. I, I intentionally watched the post game to see if anybody commented on that, um, but I don't think anybody else was as, as upset about it as I was, and, I, and rightfully so. It wasn't that big of a deal, but it was to me because instead of it being our ball and they don't get three points on the board, um, they got three points on the board, and then we proceeded to go up there and shoot threes and brick them, and they went down there and had an 8-0 run before we called a timeout. So instead of us being up eight with still momentum intact, they are now down two, and we're having to call a timeout to gain the momentum back. And we and we sort of did. We went into the fourth up by seven. So I mean, we we managed to get the lead back up. But I just found like I would rather you just be like, look, we're challenging this call. If if we call, I would rather you do something now and then ask for forgiveness. I'd rather you be sitting in the press. Uh, post-conference and be like look uh, I used my challenge and it worked it was successful uh, we kept the momentum um, we just faded down the stretch because Dylan Burke shoots too many times but that's not what he's going to say and I give him that and obviously the game we don't know how the game would have turned out if what I'm asking was different but it's just one of those things where I definitely think I, that's not as much fault as I was giving to Taylor as it is to the NBA it needs to either extend your rules or refresh them a little bit to make it to where it's not like you're incapable of doing it but the like everybody's so scared to do it and earlier than the fourth you know what i mean because i feel like there's a lot of coaches out there that are like i can't use it right now if i use it i'm gonna i'm gonna regret it later and i hate that mentality but i mean at the end of the day he, he is much better under pressure than me i know I, I know i say i hate his passivity but like he's much better under pressure than i would be um the other the last I'm going to say about knocking Taylor in this game. 
Kyle Anderson, um, for those of you who don't know, is about one of the most just chill human beings in a basketball game. Um, he not much phases Kyle Anderson in a basketball game. And uh, he got ejected from uh, game three for asking what the foul was on. Got ejected just just for having a civil conversation. Granted, I didn't I I didn't watch the full thing because I don't remember it being like that visible on camera. I just remember seeing him walk into the locker room because he got kicked out. Um, but Draymond Green threw a bitch fit five different times in this game. Slammed the ball on the ground. Yelled at the ref for literally four minutes. Had a fan literally sitting there saying, "Draymond, it's okay. We can't afford you to get a tech." Because he rightfully deserved a tech probably four different times. He could have got kicked out of this game on two different occasions with the amount of techs that he deserved in this game. Because there was one where he slams the ball after having a... I mean, it was the biggest foul he made the entire game because he whacked the snot out of somebody. He slams the ball in frustration and gallops like a pony around the entire stadium whining and yelling. I'm sorry. Kyle Anderson got ejected. For asking a question like a civil human being and like a mature adult Draymond Green's out there whining like a two-year-old bitch and doesn't even get a tech when your own fans are like dude you're about to get teed up and you're in front of the Grizzlies bench and Taylor Jenkins doesn't say really dude Kyle Anderson who's the most like calm and like gentle human being he's literally named slow-mo because he's just methodical about everything he's not like an aggressive human being got ejected yesterday and you're gonna let that slide i there needs to be more accountability there and that's that's another thing that kind of falls into protecting your team and i and like i said we didn't win or lose based on this but he i i think he got out coached in the second half um granted uh i know they kept showing the set of what's the dude's name i keep saying brown but i can't think of his first name um the guy who stepped in for Steve Kerr. It doesn't matter, but they said like he's twelve and zero in the playoffs with when he's had to step in for Steve Kerr. Dude, you have the two greatest shooters of all time and one of the greatest glue guys of all time. I think I could dumb luck into some wins as a head coach with that team. I'm like, and granted, that's an impressive stat. I'm not going to invalidate their stat. Just like um, Chuck shouldn't have invalidated our twenty and five without Joe because that's an impressive stat. You're undefeated in the playoffs without. And as the acting head coach, which is pretty dang impressive. Um, but I was like, dude, I'm going to be honest with you. It doesn't take much to coach Steph, Clay, and Draymond and tell them how to play basketball. Because uh, guess what? They don't need that much help to know how to play basketball and win in a playoff game. Uh, I think, I don't you know, they put, they put that stat up at the beginning of the series where they were like, yeah, Memphis has uh, 32 total games in the playoffs. They have... Uh, like 3,000 total minutes played in the playoffs. I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> Steph made us 503 in the playoffs, if that tells you anything. Um, we're at the end of the day, Jack. I'm just going to end with what I started with. We showed the youth of the Minnesota Timberwolves in that series. Didn't deserve to win any of the games. But they made dumb, youthful moves in the game that cost them. And in this series... We have deserved to win three of the three games. Um, And we showed our youth and lost.
So uh, I hope the Warriors get swept in the next round. Um, I, I don't even enjoy rooting for the Suns, but uh, Devin Booker, I'm buying your jersey. Uh, you, as long as you beat the ever-living snot out of the Golden State Warriors. We cannot let the NBA succeed in getting the Warriors back to the back to the finals. That's all I have to say, and I don't want to talk about the series uh, next week either. So we'll talk about draft instead, and who and who we trade Dylan Brooks for. Let's move to a much more exciting basketball series where the Milwaukee Bucks are still playing the Boston Celtics in what, my opinion, is the best series of the playoffs so far. Boston won game four um, before the Grizzlies game last night. And Al Horford, yes, Al Horford led the Celtics to a much-needed game four win to tie the series at 2-2. Al had 30 points, a playoff career high for him. And the only downfall of that game was Giannis dunked on Horford and stared him down where Giannis got teed up for it. But Horford wasn't having it. He got his revenge and crammed on Giannis. Crammed on Giannis. Gave him a bow as he was going down. Got a dead ball technical for that as well. So Horford just played incredibly at 35 years old. I was so happy to see that. JT, I called him out on Sunday. And for the first three quarters, he didn't respond. Um, he had a rough first three quarters, but a absolutely massive fourth. Um, he had 30 as well to go along with Al Horford. And JT and Al combined for 28 points in the fourth quarter alone on 11 of 12 from the field, which is just incredible for two players to combine for that in one quarter, much less the fourth quarter. Um, Marcus Smart said after the game, Al Horford, is the best vet he's ever had, and he was so happy to see that. Uh, I said I was still confident in Boston, and honestly, the first three quarters, I was regretting saying that, but I am. I'm still really confident in Boston, especially with that gritty game four win. They trailed most of the game, and fourth quarter, they had 43 points. 43 points in the fourth quarter as a team, which is incredible. Um, And they're starting to figure out that Yo, Chris Middleton's out. True Holiday's not going to do this. They're getting the ball to Giannis, and he's putting his shoulder down and attacking the basket. That's the only offense they have. And whoever wins this series, in my opinion, wins the East. I love Miami, and I especially love Miami right now after they just <laughs> beat the Philadelphia 76ers by 35, as I thought they would, as I thought they would, because James Harden is James Harden and does not show up in big games. He's had one good game the entire playoffs. Everybody was texting me, hey, James Harden had 31. I'm like, it's game four and a meaningless game really to Miami. They're gonna go back home and beat their ass, and that's exactly what they did. Anyways, we're not talking about Philly, they're getting eliminated soon. We're talking <laughs> about the winner of this series winning the Eastern Conference. Because I don't have confidence in Miami right now. Even if they do move on from Philly in six. Kyle Lowry has looked like a shell of himself. He looks hurt. He did not play in the game five blowout win tonight. And they won. So I, I, I don't know about that whole situation. Also, Duncan Robinson, a guy that they signed to an $80 million contract in the offseason, has been logging DNP after DNP and has not played really up until... Um, 
game five in this series, which is crazy. And Jimmy Butler can only be Hemi Butler so much of the time. He needs help, and he just does not have it. Tyler Hero is good off the bench, but he needs another. He needs, like, I don't know, Kyle Lowry. <laughs> he hasn't been able to show up, but, you know, I just I just think Boston's still going to come out of the East. And shout out to Trey for your uh, future on that. Uh, I agreed with you from the beginning, and I still think that's true. If Boston can make it out of this Milwaukee series. Yeah. And no, uh, that series is so good. Dude, I. I'm gonna be honest. I, I turned it on after half, um, so I missed like the first half. But I, saw, I, saw, I watched Al Horford, dude. It, like it's not even turning back the clock. That was never Al Horford's game. Um, Ever. I, I've never seen Al Horford dunk on a man. Not only dunk on a man, but dunk on Giannis so hard that you also elbow him in the face like that was the greatest play i think i've ever seen a man who's 35 years old dude like that was like if vince carter dunked on somebody in his early like days like and I was it wasn't like, even like a spin off the block like he took Giannis off the dribble from the three-point line blew by him <laughs> and just yammed on his ass it, it was honestly it was one of my favorite plays that i think i've seen uh in this playoffs like it was so nice and the fact that you, honestly if that's in the middle of a play that's a flagrant foul <laughs> but he got a dead ball tentacle for elbowing him in the face which is the greatest tentacle i've ever seen in my life um it was well well earned and what's funny i don't know if you saw it but and i don't remember who posted it so i won't say but i was watching or i was going through uh instagram and uh I don't know if it was a Instagram like a story or if it was just like a post, but uh, Al Horford's sister said uh, they she showed the play of uh, Al Horford getting dunked on by Giannis and Giannis staring him down at that tech, and she said, "Oh yeah, I seen this face before. Y'all effed up. That's he pissed off now." <laughs> and then he proceeded to literally like have the greatest game of his life, and I was like, I was for it. I was all for it. And like you said, Tatum, Tatum showed up when it counted that fourth quarter. Yeah, I was like he would he went up to shoot a three and I don't remember who was guarding him, but like he went to shoot it and I was like, What are you doing? And that thing rainbowed in and I was like, Oh bet he's 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 feeling it now. Cause he, he wasn't making those uh earlier in the game. Like he was not on it. Um and I was getting worried. And like they, when I saw him take the lead and I saw Al Horford just Al Horford was in Giannis's head. It was free real estate. Um after he said, "Oh, you want to dunk on me?" All right, bet. And he goes, "We'll play." He goes, "We'll fight back." And I mean, let me tell you, Alor was a scary man in that game, and I'm for it. Uh, I have the utmost faith in Boston. I'm, I'm rooting for Boston. Uh, they were the team I was rooting for, aside from the Grizzlies, anyways. Now I just get to not have to worry about them playing the Grizzlies in the finals because Grizzlies ain't making it. So now I can just outright root for the Celtics. Um, they got to go home for a pivotal game five. Um, if they're capable. They got to go take care of business. Um, they're definitely having – I said six, so uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to um, keep what I – or keep within my uh, prediction. But then again uh, – I think I'm 0 for 4 on the uh, playoff predictions for this series or this round. So, uh, it's Dallas is it might be Dallas versus Golden State. So, who knows? Um, but no, dude, I, I loved watching that Celtics game, and then I had to be depressed for the next two and a half hours watching my sorry ass team 
play play <laughs> sorry ass basketball. Yeah. Uh, honestly, dude, I'm I'm really excited about the potential conference finals we have, dude, cuz like as much as I hate this Golden State series, I would love to see them play Phoenix. And I think Phoenix is going to take care of business just like Miami is. Um, I think Luka's good enough to get you two games, but I, I really am not confident. And beyond that, I think Phoenix probably win in six, too. I think we're going to see Phoenix Phoenix and Golden State, and I think we're going to see uh, Boston and Miami. But, you know, I could be completely wrong, but I would sign up for those conference finals every day of the week. I think we couldn't ask for any any better conference finals. And you can take any two teams from those. I'd love to see the NBA finals with that. Even if Milwaukee wins over Boston, I'm fine with Milwaukee. Miami, yeah. I think. No, I think me too. That'd be fun too. Yeah. And I'll root for Grayson. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll root for Grayson as well. Um, let's move to another piece of news that came out this week, which was the – 2021-2022 Kia MVP was announced, and that is Nikola Jokic for a second straight year. Uh, the final three candidates were Jokic, Joel Embiid, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Jokic won over these two. There's a lot of chatter that it should have been Joel or, you know, it should have been Jokic or whatever. In my opinion, it you could have given it to either one and I would have been fine. I would have personally voted for Joel because I felt like he had it in his grasp all year. And whenever Harden got traded there, people kind of took it out before he his numbers even dropped. His numbers did not drop at all. He actually played even better when Harden got there. So, because he had to carry, you know, James, sorry ass, but it's... <laughs> I'm fine with Jokic winning. He had a great season. So I'm, I'm really not, you know, been out of shape over this. How are you feeling about it? I'm not, I'm not really either. And I'm going to be honest with you. This was like, I felt like this was the most under the radar, like announcement of an MVP. Um, in my, in my opinion, I really, I'm going to be honest with you. I still haven't even seen like the votes, uh, the mm-hmm. votes for it. I don't know if they've not released it yet, but I, I'm definitely interested to see how, close um this was i i'm with you if i had a vote i think i would have voted for joel um as well because i'm gonna be honest with you and this is not a knock at Jokic. Uh, obviously Jokic is incredible um but i felt like a lot of his stats have became empty stats um because in my opinion an mvp should be a guy that's allowing your team to win um, and down the stretch, I just felt like he was out there getting like minus 30 plus minuses, but he had a triple double and I'm like, eh, you still got absolutely killed in this game. Is it, you know what I mean? And like, at the end of the day, like I said, I don't really care, but I just felt like there were definitely some things where I'm like, that's kind of a, it's kind of mediocre. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like Joel, like you just said, carry like even before they got hard, he was carrying with a Ben Simmonsless team, and they were the best team, one of the best teams in basketball. Um, and then when he got Harden, he had to continue to carry because James Harden was not who he was all those years ago in Houston. Or um, actually, uh, yeah, I guess the best he was was in Houston. That's when he won the MVP. So we'll go with Houston. But he's not that guy anymore. Um, he, he is on the wrong side of 30 
and he is going to be regressing. And I mean, that's just the reality of how it works in the NBA. Like, you're not going to, there's not many people like LeBron and MJ who can just keep going for years and years and years and years and years and not looking like they're missing a beat after 30. Some guys are, it's going to take different tolls on their body. Um, and so I, I, I too would have picked Jokic or not Joel over Jokic. Um, but I, I, like you said, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not like the end of the world that, uh, Jokic wins. Cause he's an incredible player. I just felt like sometimes, especially in the playoffs, he had a lot of empty stats and, uh, Joel's had to like legit carry teams, hit game winners for them. Like, I mean, I, I, I just felt like if this was going to be the season that they give it to Joel, it'd be, it'd be this year for him. Um, but that's that's mm-hmm. really my two cents on it. That's a great point. And honestly, as as we wrap this podcast, I'm just in a place of peace. We've both got a lot of shit off our chest. Um, I know there's better days ahead as we see our gravesite being buried as we speak. Um, if somehow we win game five, which I think there is little to no chance that happens uh, it's i mean it's a wrap we're flying right back to san francisco to get our ass kicked so yeah it it is i think i think we lose game five tomorrow and it's over i'm at a place of peace with that i'm looking forward to the rest of the playoffs and honestly I, i'm so happy with what this team has accomplished with winning 56 games and also being the third youngest team in the league and also having one of the youngest coaches in the league and what job blossomed into this year, what Bain blossomed into this year. And also how that Valanciunas Steven Adams trade ended up being one of the best trades uh, in the history of the franchise and how Jaron played 80 out of 82 games. I, I just, I'm really proud of this team, you know, at, through all the, through all the shit talking. Couldn't have said it better. Oh, I'm with you. We were picked 12. I, I know I said it earlier. We were picked 12th in the West, and we were number two with the second best record in the NBA. Um, and despite our youth, despite our lack of playoff experience, we we played really well. I mean, I can't even like that's that's what that's the thing that makes me so mad is like I know what Timberwolves fans feel like now. Like I know that pain now of just sitting there being like, dude, this could easily be three one Grizzlies going back home to seal the deal uh but it's not like i mean the two games other than other than the blowout the two games we lost we lost by one and three <laughs> and we were winning for the majority of the game but i mean look i i know this team you know this team you know this front office they're gonna go in the offseason they're not gonna sit there and just be like oh we're gonna run it right back this team's perfect they're gonna be the one to win the championship they're not gonna say that um, they they'll make the necessary changes, they'll sign the necessary contracts. Um, you're going to be playing with a guy named John Moran on a supermax extension next year. I don't know if that'll kick in next year, but he'll be extended. Um, mm-hmm. Jaron's going to be bumped up to that. Uh, it's either twenty five or twenty million dollars a year now. Um, mm-hmm. There's going to be bigger expectations next year. You just set a bar. I mean, you did, and the bar's pretty dang high. I mean, your franchise record level for us high um and i'm not, and at the end of the day i'm not going to put that expectation that you have to win 56 games but you better be in the playoffs like i mean mm-hmm. it's one of those things and so you and i have said it quite a few times we trust this front office they've they've made things that we questioned initially but they turned out to be 
an incredible trade for us. Steven Adams has been incredible. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'd love to see us go out and get a few more vets. Because um, I think it'd be really beneficial for this team to have quite a few more playoff season vets. Um, maybe Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Maybe I can speak that one into existence. That's just a joke for those of you out there on playing. But just <laughs> I'd, I'd cry if we swapped out Dylan Brooks, Jimmy Butler. But that's that's just a pipe dream. That's not never happening. But I'm proud of the boys. Um, you really did defy a lot of odds. I mean, Jack, the, we could be talking about a very different thing right now if this season went the way it started out. I mean, 10 and 11 under 500 get absolutely ran off our own home court by the Atlanta Hawks and jaw exits with the knee injury. Mm-hmm. We proceed to be the second best team in the NBA. So like this is a resilient team. We know what they're capable of. They're capable of even more. Um, and I'm excited for the next season as upset and as kind of just sad as I am now. Um, there is a lot of hope ahead. Um, we have a we have a good core. Um, there d- definitely needs to be some accountability. I know we harped on it with Dylan. Um, I also just don't think you can afford him. So we can talk all we want to talk about trading him and not all this stuff. I just don't think we can afford to lose him because uh, of his mindset. Like you can't teach what he does outside of the selfishness of offense, which is what it comes across as. Um, because his grit, his determination, his just want, will, and desire to win games uh, fuels this team. And I, I stand by that. His defensive prowess is unmatched on this team. Um, and his willingness to do whatever he needs to do for this team is, is why I think it's not as hard to just look at him and be like, look, Dylan, stop shooting. And, I, I, and honestly... What might be crazy, and and you might you might look at me like Cooper. You just talked all this mad crap, and you're gonna say what you're about to say. Dylan Brooks comes out next game, plays smart, plays well, bounces back, and we win game five. If I see that out of my Grizzlies, that is a beautiful bow on this on this season. That'll show me that'll show me maturity in Dylan, but it'll also show me accountability from his teammates and coaches. So. If I can get anything for my Grizz, uh, it'd be that next game. Um, I don't know if it'll happen, but I'm, I'm going to try to speak it into existence. Um, but no, you said it best. I'm proud of them. Um, and we're going to enjoy the rest of these playoffs and harp on these games as hard as we did in the Grizzlies because we're going to be hyper-focused on them. Um, and uh, when, when they crown an NBA champion – uh, we're going to jump hard on the NBA draft and we'll give y'all everything y'all want to hear there. So um, I'm, I'm excited. And it, like like you said, I'm proud of the Grizzlies. They've, they've done everything and more this season. So uh, as upset as we are now, at the end of the day, it's you, you ran into a championship caliber team. So can't be too upset with that. Mm-hmm. And also, I just can't wait to cover these conference finals and Facts. much less the NBA finals if – You'd have told me as a kid, even, I mean, if I, if I get to talk about the NBA Finals and people listen to it, I I, I would have never, ever expected that. Dream come true. And I, I, 
facts yep. i truly can't thank each and every one of you for all of your support it's time to talk about some winners now and we'll be talking about some winners here real soon as this second round is kind of coming to a close we're getting there getting starting to get into game sixes and sevens in the future later in the week and we will be here for that we will be here like i said for the conference finals the nba finals the draft free agency all of it uh cooper i hope you have a fantastic rest of your night my friend yes sir you too